0: wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success.
1: When you when you look at this, God's not saying, I'm going to make your way prosperous. But when He says that, He says, then who will? You will. So there's principles in the Word of God That he was telling Joshua that if you do these things, then you're going to make your way prosperous. Because God's already made a way. Hello, Do you see that? He says, for then you will make your way prosperous. And what? You will have success. So we look at this principle, and this is where we've really taken the 12 principles of fulfilling the vision. In other words, God's really just saying to Joshua, Joshua, if you do what I say, if you do the things that you know in your heart you should do, then you're going to be prosperous and you're going to have success. If you do those things. See, God never created a failure. Hello? God never created a failure. He may have designed you to succeed. You may have gotten off track. Maybe you've had a vision of certain things within your life, and you may have gotten off track. But I'm here to tell you today that you can get back on track. You you can you can you may have uh, I've heard may have failed, but it's not over. You can get back on track. Tell your neighbor, say I can get back on track. He has birthed you for success. When he brought you, when he, when, when he brought you from the, I want to say the throne room of God and you're a spirit being and put you into this body, he put inside you a birth of something, a plan, a purpose, a destiny for success. Not a failure, not to harm you, not to hurt you, but success. Say success. Success. That's success. It's on the inside of you. And some of you right now are beginning to have that thing stirred up. Things are beginning to change. You may have failed, but you're going to get back on track. Say this, Father God, I have greatness on the inside of me. I have vision on the inside of me. I have plans on the inside of me. I have purpose on the inside of me. Destiny come forth. Vision come forth. Plans come forth in Jesus' name. Give Him some praise for that. Amen? Amen. It's on the inside of you. No matter where you're at, what you've been through, where you've gone through, where you are, where you're coming from, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. But you know what? Few people follow these principles. Few people follow them and they don't seem to lead to success because we don't stay within the principles of God. Or we may not know the principles That's a lot of reason why people don't have success. They don't know the principles that God's placed within his word to be able to succeed. Jesus himself followed the principles. That was the redemption. He took these same principles and he utilized those principles. So let's take a look at this. Let's give you the 12 uh, principles for filling your personal vision. I'll have a handout for you, but I only had two points on it today. So I'm going to wait and give it to you next week because we're going to fill it in even more. One of the understanding that we need to be able to have is that you were born for a purpose. You were born for a purpose. If you understand that you were born for a purpose, then seeing it in your mind's eye and having the faith to begin to carry it out is vision. You can know that you were born for a purpose. Born for a purpose, Senator, to be able to change laws and rules, and, and, and set forth the principles within the Word of God. Born for a purpose, but then the vision is being able to see it fulfilled. And, and as you begin to, to, to work for the House of Representatives, you might have thought that purpose wasn't fulfilled, right? But see, God had placed on the inside of him that plan, that purpose. God's placed it in him. He hasn't placed it in you, brother. But you have a different plan and a different purpose, but you have that purpose. But now beginning to catch it in your mind's eye and beginning to see what that purpose is, beginning to see what that plan is, that's vision. Being able to have the vision to be able to make a difference. How many of you would say that you have a vision in your life that you want to make a difference and help somebody in their life? Anybody? We've got to go ahead and hold them up. I want to just look around, kind of, you know... That's, that's really the majority of people. You want to help somebody. How many of you go? You can put your hands down. How many of you have a plan or a vision or your purpose to be able to not help anybody? See, some of you are like, ooh, I was, he threw me a curveball there. Let's take a look at this. Number one, you need to be directed by a clear vision. You need to be directed by a clear vision. You must have to have a clear guiding purpose in your life. Every effective leader or group of people has one thing in common. They have a very clear vision. They know where they're going. They know what is expected. Moses, Joshua, David, Nehemiah had a clear vision to be able to, to, to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. It motivated him. It gave him desire. It gave him purpose listening, having a clear vision, a guiding purpose for your life enables you to stay on track. It enables you to stay focused on what you're doing and where you're at even when some things come against you. Even when there's pressures to get you to go to the left or go back to the right or or to stop or to turn around and go back again. These the, the, This is a desire that's inside you. There are some things in your life as you begin to climb, you'll find you don't need. Climbers, when they climb a mountain, the higher they get, the more things they release on their way up. Are you with me? They begin to start a climb, and they might have a 120-pound pack, and they'll have different things within that pack that they may need to get to certain levels. But as they get to another level and spend the night, and say it's a two-day climb, and they've spent that first night there, and they know they're not going to need their tent any longer, how many of you know they don't bring their tent with them? Hello? So when they begin to climb higher, when they begin to move up the mountain, there are some essentials, we're going to call them non-essentials. There's those things they may have needed to start with, but they don't need them to finish. So there are some non-essential things that may come in your life as you begin to climb towards your vision, as you begin to move towards the purpose that's inside you. And it, and that, that fervent vision, that dream, that purpose, that understanding is what keeps you moving when the non-essential things try to overtake your life. Well, that's going to get me off track, so I'm not going there. Hello? That's not. I don't see that in my vision. It's not there. There's no reason for me to stop and be able to hang out or do that because it's going to take away from where I'm wanting to get to. So vision has to be clear. Say clear. It has to be clear. Jesus said in Luke 2:49, He said, "I must be about my Father's business." So wherever going about their Father's business. Now I have people come up to me and they say, "You're busy." I'm going about my Father's business. Yes, I am. But I'm not too busy to talk to you. I'm not too busy to spend some time. I'm not too busy to pray for you. Those things, are, you, know, you understand, that is my father's business. But yes, do I come in the office and just sit down and say, it's 9 o'clock, I think I'll, I'll just sit in my office and I'll wait to see who comes by today. I wish I could tell you that I do that, but I don't do that, Bill. Because I look and say, what, it, what is going to get me to my purpose What is going to get me into my vision? What's going to get me moving forward into my plan? What is it that God has given me that I've got to go in that direction? So somebody might say, well, you know what? I had a really great book and this book is on, I don't know, something that really isn't part of my plan or purpose and vision and they'll give me the book. I'm not going to read the book. Hello? Because y'all might be able to sit down and read a book in an hour. It takes me a while to read a book. You know, there's some people that will read a book and they'll skim. You know what I mean? And and two hours later or two days later, you know, they've skimmed through that book and they've gotten the meat out of that book. I am one of those persons that I have to read every single word. Then, have anybody like that in the house... <laughs> I have to read every single word. I mean, the is, the does, the these, the thou's, the, I mean, I gotta read every single word. There's some people that can do it, and I'm like, you read that book already? And they're like, yeah. I said, man, I've been working on that book, cause I read every single word. The copyright, the index, the bibliographies. I mean, you know, I read every single, if I, if I set the book down, and I've read everything, but maybe not the very last paragraph, I'm gonna think, I haven't completed that book. So when you begin to understand about a vision that's clear, is it, does it fit into that vision? Is it going to take you where you want to go? Is it going to be part of what you need? So somebody might just say, well, you know, do you read for enjoyment? I really don't read for enjoyment. I have to be honest with you. I, ha- I, I, I have to force myself to read. I, I read that leaders were readers, so I've read more books in the past 15 years, come on somebody, than I read the first 15 years of my life. So I begin to start reading things, material that's going to get me to where I need to go, listening to things that's going to get me where I I need to go. I'm not a musician, but if if I felt like that was inside me, which it is not. I know what's inside me. That is not. Sometimes I have to look at them when they clap just to make sure I'm in beat with them. Come on, somebody. But if it was, Do those things to get me to my destiny, to get me to my plan, to get me to my purpose. So Jesus said, I'm going about the Father's business. So there has to be a clear vision. Turn with me to Nehemiah. Let's take a look at Nehemiah. If you're not really sure where that is, go to Psalms in the middle of the book and then turn left. Go back to, if you get to Ezra, you've gone too far. Nehemiah is the next chapter. It's Nehemiah chapter one. I want to just read about Nehemiah. Nehemiah was in the city of Susa, and it was the capital of Persia. Let me give you just a little bit of background here. Nehemiah had come to the place where he was serving a king. He was serving a king as a cupbearer. Now, you just don't get to be a cupbearer just because you're a really good guy. You have to have proven principles within your life. You have to have a life of integrity because a cupbearer would taste any, any beverage that the king would have would taste it before the king would. Because how many of you know people wanted to poison the king? <laughs> how many of you want to be cupbearers? Have any cupbearers in the room today? <laughs> We're like, oh, I don't know, man. Somebody poisons that. You know, you're going to drink it. You're going to die. And guess what? You took one for the king. Good for you. So Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king. Now, this was after Babylon. See, the the Israelites were in captivity in Babylon. Babylon was overtaken by the Persian Empire. Are you with me? The Medo-Persian Empire. Babylon was overtaken. And the Persian Empire wasn't as strict as they were in Babylon. The Persian Empire, they were allowing the, the Jews to be able to go back to their homeland. Are you with me? They were allowing them to go back to their homeland so there was some freedom there. So now we pick up Nehemiah and he is a cupbearer to the king and, and I just want us to, to see what's happening because he is, God is going to begin to bring forth his vision and his plan with inside Nehemiah. The
0: words of Nehemiah, the son of Hechaliah. Now, it happened in the month of Kislev in the 20th year while I was in Susa, the capital.
1: Okay, let me pause you just The month of Kislev is basically November, December. Here the time frame, okay?
0: That Hannah and I, one of my brothers, and some men from Judah came, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped and had survived the captivity and about Jerusalem. They said to me, "The remnant there in the province who survived the captivity are in great distress and reproach, and the wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates are burned with fire."
1: So Nehemiah gets this information. There's some people that are going back; there have been captivity, but Jerusalem is in a mess. Place which I love, the place of my homeland. Nehemiah's—he's seeing that it's in a mess. The, 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 it's, it, the walls are torn down. The gates have been burned. Basically, it's almost uninhabitable. Look at verse 4.
0: When I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. I said, I beseech you, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who preserves the covenant and loving kindness for those who love him and keep his commandments, Let your ear now be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant, which I am praying before you now, day and night, on behalf of the sons of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of the sons of Israel, which we have sinned against you. I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the ordinances, which you commanded your servant Moses.
1: Pause there just a moment you know what he had? We would call it today a come-to-Jesus party. He said, God he began to repent on behalf of the sins of his nation, behalf of the sins of his ancestors. I'm telling you, obviously when he prayed and he fasted, it connected, it hooked into something of the things of God. And he began to say, oh God, it's in a mess. I can't believe this is taking place. God was inside him, everything that was coming out, his purpose, his plan, his destiny was fixing to be birth. Can I say that in Oklahoma? Fixing to be birth. It was going to be birth and He was crying out to God and he was saying, God, look at what's going on. God, you see what's taking place. You and many of you at times have had that same come to Jesus party or the same time where you said, God, what is this? What is going on in my life? What's taking place here? God, I don't understand it. God, I need some help having clarity on where we're at, understanding that we need to be directed by a clear vision. Let's watch the vision of Nehemiah begin to get cleared up. Let's say, where, where will we stop at? Verse 9? Verse eight. Verse 8.
0: Remember the word which you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though, though those of you who have been scattered were in the most remote, remote part of the heavens, I will gather them from there and I will bring them to the place where I have chosen to cause my name to dwell. They are your servants and your people whom you redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. O Lord, I beseech you, may your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and the prayer of your servants who delight to revere your name and make your servant successful today and grant him compassion before this man. Now I was the cupbearer to the king.
1: Hold on right there. Do you know what he said there in verse 11? It says, Your name and make your servant successful today. And grant him compassion before this man. Here was a time that you're going to see that was about four months of prayer and fasting and crying out to God. That now he's getting ready to what? He's getting ready to go into the king. You don't enter into the king unhappy. He'll cut your head off. I mean, they're having a party, bro. And and everybody's going to be in a good mood. Uh, Are you with me? This is—I'm serious. You can read it, look it up for yourself. They would cut your head off. They'd kill you if you went in and you had a bad attitude. There wasn't no bad attitudes in the house when the king was around. (laughs) When it was party time, Bobby, there was no bad attitudes in the house of the king. If you came in, Terry, with a bad attitude, they'd drag you out, cut your head off, and go on rejoicing. Hello. So, so here's Nehemiah. What he's doing? He's saying, God, what's the plan? God, what's the plan? Make me successful. Give me a plan for success. Okay? Chapter 2.
0: And it came about in the month Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence.
1: ooh. ooh. See, the reason I know it was four months because he said it came about in the month of Nisan and that that is basically March or April. So there's a four-month period of time from November to April. Are you with me? From the middle of November to the middle of April, there's a four-month period of time that this thing's been stirring in Nehemiah. This thing that he's cried and he's fasted and he's prayed and he said, God, this just is not right. And it's been stirring inside of him so much that when he enters into the king's presence, he can't put on the happy face, put on the happy face. Are you with me? Because it's been stirring so much within him. Do you all think the king noticed? Let's see. Let's see if he noticed.
0: So the king said to me, why is your face sad though you are not sick? This is nothing but sadness of heart. Then I was very much afraid. I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies desolate and its gates have been consumed by fire? Mm -hmm. Then the king said to me, what would you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. I said to the king, if it please the king and your servant has found favor before you, send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Then the king said to me, the queen sitting beside him, How long will your journey be, and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I gave him a definite time.
1: So we're going to stop right there. Check this out. Nehemiah knew what his vision was. He comes into the king, and in verse 4 it says, The king asked him, What's your request? He noticed you were sad, and you weren't sick. Hello? Hello? Because if he was actually sick, he wouldn't have been in the presence of the king. So he knew that there was something going on. He saw his countenance. He saw that he was sad. And he began to say, look at these things that have happened. And what did the king ask him? And I believe the spirit of the living God is asking us today. What is it do you want? I think we have to answer that question. If God showed up this afternoon and you're sitting in your living room and God says, what is it that you want? Would we be able to answer that question? Nehemiah did. Nehemiah said, I want to go back and rebuild the walls. Basically what he told the king was I need some time off. And the king said, how long is it going to take? Give me a definite time. Because I'm just not giving you an open-ended deal. Are you with me? Because there has to be some clear, specific ways to fulfill a vision. So he says, what is it that you want? What would you say? Can you answer that question today? Can you answer the question if God says, What is it? What is it that? leave a generational heritage from generation to generation to generation. God, I want the whole world to live at peace. God, I want to be able to to, to have everybody know you in a more intimate way. God, I want to have people's marriages to be as good as my marriage is right now. Would we be able to answer that question? Well, I want a big house. I want a new car, new car, new car, good. I think I'd have a new car if I could just have a million dollars in the bank. God, if I just just give me a million dollars in the bank. Give me some new furniture. You know, if I just had a new couch, new couch, that's all I want. God, that's all I want. Just give me a new couch, a little blue one, a little red one, you know, something with a little recliner thing in it. You know, that's just accumulation of stuff. In Luke twelve fifteen, Jesus said, a man's life does not consist of the abundance of his possessions. What is it that matters? What is it that truly is going to make a difference? Our vision needs to be something that lives on when we're gone. Do you think that Nehemiah goes back and rebuilds the walls of Jerusalem? It'll live on when he's gone. Is it just for him and his family Is it just for, well, it's just for our brothers. Man, my brothers, I mean, things are going on there and we just got to get it done. It's just for us. Or will it live on? Something has to be greater than just you. That's why church is important. You come together because it's greater than just you. Because the vision that we have is greater than just you. But your vision fits into that you have to have something greater than just the power of your possessions. You can have money to do whatever you want to do when you want to do it. You can have automobiles and cars and everything else to do whatever you want to do when you want to do it, but are you making a difference in anybody's life except for yours? Hello? That's a tough question. People's vision should change other people's lives, make a difference. I want to help somebody. How? Let's get specific with it. We've got to be able to answer this question. God, what is it that we want? We've got to clarify your vision. got to clarify your vision. How, how do we answer this question? How, how, how do we answer it? How do I answer that question? If God comes to me, how do I answer it? How did Nehemiah answer it? First of all, he went through prayer and fasting. Say prayer and fasting. Say it again. Prayer and fasting. Again, prayer and fasting. You're going to have to pray and fast. What is it that's in here? Nehemiah prayed. Four months had passed. See, it wasn't a, I prayed today and tomorrow God gave me my vision. It was in him for four months. It was uh, just there, driving. It just shouldn't be so I'm going to do something about it. I can do something about it. What resources do I have? I think I can go back and help rebuild that. Somebody's going to lead it. Nehemiah says, might as well be me. Did me and Nehemiah know at the time? Give me provision before I go. I'm going to encourage you to read the rest of it because he didn't have provision before he left. But because the king, he had favor with the king, the king says, hey, why don't you let me send you something? Well, he asked him for some letters to get me through the land so nobody would take us out before we got there. He said, but why don't you let me send you this? Why don't you let me send you some Lebanon? Why don't you give me some, come on, somebody, modern-day vernacular? Why don't you let me finance what it is that you want to do? Because I want to help. If we don't understand what God's wanting to do in and through us, there may be a vision in you, and a guy may come up to you and say, Joe, I like the way things are going in your life. And I got money and I want to invest in you. Would you be able to say, Let's go sit down right now? Let me tell you my vision. Are you with me? Or would you be able to say, How much you got? <laughs> Uh, can I get back to you? And then you run home and go, oh, honey, a guy just said he wanted to invest in me and he's a very wealthy man and he asked me what I wanted to do and I don't know. <laughs> I'm telling you, that man is going to go to somebody else because he wants to make that investment. What vision? What is it that you want, God? What is it that you want? Can we answer that question? Oh, and over the next few weeks, I we want to be able to Help answer that. As you pray, your vision should come clear. Okay? So number one, write that down. Number one is be directed by a clear vision. I'm going to give you number two. Number two is you need to know your potential for fulfilling that vision. You need to know your potential for fulfilling that vision. That you have the potential to fill that vision. Do you remember the the acorn? What's inside that acorn? Everybody. Oak tree. Oak tree. The vision of an oak tree is inside that acorn. Everything that acorn has on the inside of him will produce an oak tree. You have a vision on the inside of you. You have a plan and a purpose and a destiny on the inside of you. Whatever, whatever you were born to do, you're equipped to do. What? You're equipped to do. You're looking at a guy that took an F in French in the 10th grade because I wouldn't get in front of people. I said, ain't no way. The lady got me up there, the teacher got me up there and I had to recite this stuff in French and I could, you could hear the table pop behind me that I was reaching up against because I was squeezing that thing and veins popped out on my head. My wife knows what that looks like. Veins popped out on my head and the teacher said, Eric, and I said, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't be in front of, front of front of somebody. Was that the very thing that began to open up the vision inside of me? It wasn't me. I couldn't do that. There ain't no, I took an F. I said, I'll do all the written work. I'll get by. I'll get me a D. I'll slide right in there. Are you with me? An F on the oral deal, whatever percentage that was, 40%, I just do the 60 65% and get the other done. Are you with me? I'll take the F and go on. I did pass, by the way. What I'm saying is that it's on the inside of you. Surely it's still on the inside of you. It hasn't gone away. Just because some things may have happened in your life, it hasn't gone away. That vision is still there. God gives you the ability to, to fully be responsible to be able to carry that vision out, to discover your dreams, to know what you have the ability to do. God has a way for you. God never calls you to an assignment without giving you the provision to accomplish it. The provision's there. We just got to get it. (laughs) Are you with me? The provision is there. We just got to get it. You got to understand this principle that no one, listen to me, no one, young people, no one can stop you from your vision. No one can stop you except for you. No matter where you are, no matter how old you are, turn with me to Ephesians. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 3. A couple more scriptures. Ephesians chapter 3. I want to look at verse twenty? It says, "Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all we could ask or think, according to the power that works within us." This this scripture is loaded. I mean, this is you you this I love it because I am limited in my ability. I am limited, but God is not. He can do. Far more, Terry, above you can, uh, far more better than you can ever think or imagine. What? Well, I just, I want to have a family. I want to raise some kids. I want to produce a good product. Are you with me? If that's as far as you can think and imagine, you can do far more than that. I want to have a dance studio. God can do far more than that. I want to be able to reach children and teach them how to worship the things of God. God can do far more above that are you with me so above we can far we can be, ask or think because we're limited you know why because we're human we're limited even if you send in the throne room of God you can't stay there hello you, you can't stay there been there it's physically demanding being in the throne room of God I mean your physical body just can't handle the presence of God like that that's why we can only have a little drip here and there are you with me that's why you have to have a glorified body, because with a glorified body, you can handle the presence of God. Oh, are you all hearing me?
0: Amen.
1: So he says, far more above we could ever ask or think according to what? The power that is within God? Huh? Is that what it says? Power that is where? Where's the power? Is that what it says? Y'all believe the Bible? It's the inerrant, irrefutable word of God. God said it, that settles it. The power is where? It's It's within us. Let's take a look at that word power. There's some different words that you can look at in power. One of them is exousia. Exousia can mean power. It really means authority. But this word here specifically, it means dunamis. If I could have you pull that up. The dunamis power, say dunamis. It's the Greek word dunamis. Do you know what comes from the, what, what this word is in the English? The root word in the English that we use for dunamis power is dynamite. It comes from dynamite. Dynamite? Pow! Dynamite, baby. Give me some TNT. I'll blow that thing up. That's the, the English word dynamite comes from this Greek word dunamis. This Greek word dunamis can mean miraculous power. Say that. Miraculous power. It can mean ability. According to the power, the ability that works in us. According to the dynamite that's on the inside of us. Are you with me? So he begins to say, it can mean abundance. Say abundance. It can mean might or strength. According to the power, the might, the abundance, the ability that works with inside us. There is something on the inside of you. There is a vision. There is a plan. There is a purpose. There is a destiny. There is something that God wants to birth within the earth realm. He's not want to birth it in heaven. He wants to birth it here in the earth realm so you can make a difference in somebody's life. And it's the power that's on the inside of you, Josh. Say, I got, I got the power. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, I got, I got the power. Come on, I'll be saying, I got the power. I got the power. It's on the inside of me. The power is on the inside of me. Everything within us. What about Nehemiah? Guess what Nehemiah had on the inside of him. He had favor with the king. He was able to, the, the vision began to come forth. I begin to think about Rahab. Anybody know Rahab, what I'm talking about in the Bible? Rahab was a, a, a prostitute, a woman of the night. There was a vision or a plan that God had deposited on the inside of her to save two spies. Hello? And it saved her family. So not only that plan, that vision that was on the inside of her was to save the two spies, but it saved her family. Because when they came in, and Joshua came in, he's like, you know what? Jericho's going down. And the spies were like, hey, Jericho's going down. And they they hid him. and they said, they said, you know what we're going to do for you, Rahab, when we come in, we're going to spare your family. You know, all the walls of Jericho, you know, the Bible says all the walls fall down or or we think all the walls fall down. What about Rahab's place? She was spared. I think you'll find that everything was destroyed in Jerusalem but Rahab's place. Because her family was on the inside of it. And God spared that. Are you with me? So the walls may have come down, but Rahab's place didn't. And her place was built into the wall. Just thought. Are you with me? What was Rahab's design? What was her plan? What was her purpose? To save those two spies? To save her family? We look at Nehemiah and we see the same thing. What's this mean? What does it mean that it got the power inside us? That means you've got destiny on the inside of you and you've got the power to be able to bring it past. Not your past. It doesn't matter where you came from. doesn't matter which side of the tracks you were born on. It doesn't matter what family you were born into. It's not about your parents. It's not about the color of your skin. It's not about your gender, whether you're a male or female. Well, you know what? Females can't do that. Only male can do that. What are you talking about? There is a vision on the inside of you that God has given you to fulfill. And it really doesn't matter about your physical factors. Helen Keller can live a life fulfilled of plan and purpose and destiny and can't even see she's blind and then we've got people that don't have the problem of being blind physically but still can't seem to have a vision for their life it's time for a vision tell your neighbor it's time it's time for a vision it's time for us to have a vision I'm gonna I'm gonna turn around I'm gonna I'm gonna go to, to Jeremiah I mentioned Jeremiah earlier and and, and you won't be able to find it up there, Daniel, because it's just not there. Jeremiah chapter 1. Let's turn there. It all has to do with the power that's working on the inside of us. That power. This is so cool. It's the mighty power of God. It's the power of God. It's the power of God. It's the ability of God. The abundance of God. The meaning of God. The might of God. The strength of God. I mean, it is so powerful. You know what's so cool about this? It's working on the inside of you. Oh, it's working. Hello? It's working. I'm here to tell you, it is working. It's working on the inside of you. You don't know sometimes if it's working or not. You can't always feel that it's working. It's not about what you feel. It is a coward according to the word of God. It is working on the inside of you. It is shaping, it's changing, it's molding, it's bringing you into the image and the likeness of God. It is working on the inside of you. Check out Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1. Now the words of Jeremiah, the the prophet, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests who were in Anaheim in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the king of Ammon, the king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim, the son of Joash, the king of Judah. We're talking about him speaking to kings here. He says, until the exile of Jerusalem in the fifth month, verse 4 says, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. See if it sounds like anything similar to what we were hearing earlier today. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Oh my. Wait a minute. Before I was formed in my mama's womb, God knew me. He knew you. 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 How good does that feel? Oh, my. God knew me. Before I consecrated you, I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah, we know the end of Jeremiah, right? The weeping prophet. He was the one they called him camel knees because he bent on his knees so much that his knees were deformed and looked like camel's knees because a camel has to get down in order for you to get onto the camel. It's not, we didn't have saddles, are you with me? That you could just you put your foot in a stirrup and just climb up on the camel's back. You make the camel gets down. And then you get on it and the camel gets back up. You, you, under, you understand that? The, the Jeremiah was a weeping prophet. Before he was even put into the earth. Before he was even a twinkle in his mommy or daddy's eye. Right? You ever heard that? He says, I knew you. Before I was born, before you were born and consecrated you, I've appointed you prophets of the nation. Then I said, Alas, O Lord, behold, I don't know how to speak. There's a vision inside of you that you might say, I don't know how to get it out. I just know there's something there and I don't know how to get it out. I haven't been taught how to get it out. Is there a way to get it out? How do I get this thing out? Because there's got to be more to life than going to work 8 hours a day, 5 or 6 or 7 days a week, or or 24 hours a day for the next 4 days, and then going home and sleeping for the next 3 days, and getting up and going for the next 40 or 60 hours, and then go home, and it does it again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and the kids go from 2 years old to 6 years old to eight years old and now they're getting married now they got kids of their own and life is just going by and we're saying god what is it is this all there is to life because there is a vision a plan and a destiny on the inside of you and he spoke to jeremiah and he said you're a prophet and it's on the inside of you so jeremiah jeremiah prophesized to nations why because it was on the inside of me i'm not a prophet I don't prophesy to nations. I don't have this. This is not what's on the inside of me. But he said, I don't know how to speak. Prophets speak. They declare. They proclaim. Declare, proclaim, preach. That's what that word means. And what the Lord said to me, do not say I'm a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. you got a vision. Don't be afraid to speak it out. Don't be afraid to write it down. Maybe now's the time. Maybe now's the time. And say, you know what? God, I know this is it. There's something inside me I will accomplish before I leave this earth. The specific plan and the purpose. I know what that is. I don't know we're getting closer to it. I'm getting closer to it. It is pastoring this church. I know that. I know that. That's why we don't quit. And I'm not gonna quit. We're not quitting. I'm not a quitter. When the going gets rough, the rough get going. When things are tough, that's just the way it is. We're just gonna I'm just gonna rise up and say it doesn't matter making a difference. I see people's lives being changed that are sitting right here today. Your life's being changed. But there's a greater vision on the inside of you that I want to see that plan and that purpose come forth. He says, don't be afraid of them, for I am the deliverer to you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out His hand and like He did as Isaiah... The angel of the Lord took tongs. And then this says that the Lord stretched out his hand and he touched Jeremiah's lips. And all of a sudden, oh, come on, somebody. When you get a touch from God, you can begin to start to do what he's called you to do. And Jeremiah probably started standing up and he was declaring the works of the Lord. He said, behold, my words are in your mouth. And Jeremiah began to declare. Jeremiah began to proclaim. And it didn't matter that he was 17 years old. It didn't matter that he was 24 years old. It didn't matter that he was 30 years old. He began to declare and proclaim the things of God. And he prophesied to the kings of the nations of Judah. To the kings, to the nations of Israel. He prophesied. He prophesied. He prophesied. He did what God had called him to do. There's a vision inside of you. And if you stay anywhere close to this church, you stay anywhere close to us, that vision's coming out. No, no, you didn't hear me. That vision's coming out. Because God's going to draw that thing out. God's got what you got. He needs what you got. Well, if I don't do it, somebody else will. Well, why should you have somebody else do what you should be doing? Why should you say, well, he don't do it. No, Gary, God has a plan and a vision and a destiny for your life. He wants to pull that thing out of you, bring you, and set you on high and say, this is your plan. This is your purpose. This is your destiny. So in the morning, when the alarm clock goes off, you don't have to say, I don't want to get up, God. I don't want to get up. You know why we say that? Because there's time where we're doing and our job and we think that's our vision and that's not the vision. That's just the thing that'll get you to the place where God wants to use you or bring you into the place where he can shape and mold you and teach you and train you and be obedient to whoever you're employed by and do the things of that so God can now bring you forth and he knows that you're a good worker. He knows that you'll do it excellently. He'll know that you'll try no matter what or you'll continue to learn how to do it or continue to figure it out. Somebody needs to shout hallelujah. Somebody needs to give the Lord some praise in the house. There is vision. There is plan. There is purpose. There is destiny in you. Pastor, what are you doing? You're just giving us a show today. This is not a show. It is a pastor pouring his heart out to you to say you matter. You make a difference in life. We need what you've got. Don't you sit on it any longer. Let the Lord use you. Let him use you in any way, in every way, in any capacity, and let him bring that vision forth out so you can advance the kingdom of God in the earth. I don't know where all that came from. We love you. God needs you. I said, God, why me? And he said, why not you? I'm not the gifted, most anointed preacher. I don't have to be. I'm doing what God's called me to do. When when you're doing what he's called you to do, then you're in the flow of God. In the heartbeat of God. Can I pray for you? Let's stand a moment. I want this year to be a year you discover your vision. I don't want this year to be another just year. Just, just Let's just get by this year. Let's just go through this year. You're going to have to get by. You're going to have to go through. But it's going to be another year. It's going to be different than last year. Can I pray for you? And I pray for you. Father, let this year be another year. That we be just, we come into our vision. We come into our plan. We come into our purpose. God, let us see the future in a great and exciting way. Help us, God, today. Like Jeremiah said, help me, God. Like Isaiah said, help me, God. Help us, God, when we're discouraged and we want to quit. Help us when we're frustrated with the things of the world that just keeps pushing at us and pushing at us or pushing at us. Help us, God, when we're disappointed. Help us, God, when we failed or we thought we failed. Let us, God, not be afraid to get back up after we get knocked down. God, help us when we think it really doesn't matter. What difference is it going to make? What difference does it make if I get out of debt? What difference does it make if I I read Scripture? What difference does it make if I pray? What difference does it make if I talk to somebody? What difference is it going to make? God is not going to make any difference. Help us, God, to not have those thoughts. Help us, God, as we go through many seasons in our lives. Help us to understand the times in the seasons like it is in Ecclesiastes. Help us discern where we are. God, help us when we're in this dry place and we seem to think we just can't break out, God, and we're just questioning everything about you. Help us, God. Help us begin to dream again. Help us begin to see farther than our own situation, than our own circumstances. Help us begin to see farther, God, Give us vision today, God. Help us see what we're designed for. God, draw out the dreams that are inside of us. Activate what's already inside of us. Stir up the giftings, stir up the calling, stir up the purposes, stir up the destiny. I declare this over your life in Jesus' name. Stir it up, God. Stir it up within us. Stir up the dreams again. Stir it up. Well, this I can't seem to get away from this, but this is what I need to be able to pray and fast. I need to hear your voice in this season, God. Stir up the giftings, what you've gifted us to do. Stir up the callings that you've placed upon our lives today. Stir up the purposes. Stir up the destiny. Destiny. I declare destiny come forth for every person. Every person, not only in this church, but in the body of Christ. In every church, every congregation, in this city and in this state, God. Let us see our purpose. Let us work together and not work apart. God, let us not isolate one another. But help us, God, to fulfill what you want to do in the earth. God, you've chosen us for this time. I ask you to stir up destiny, God. Stir up destiny. Stir up destiny. Stir up destiny. Stir up destiny. Richard, I'm going to ask you, if you feel like that you've been dry, if you feel like that maybe your destiny, you're not sure what that is, I'm just going to ask you to come up this morning, just to come on up, because I want to pray for you. I want to pray. Pray was stir something up. It's not me stirring it up. It's the spirit of the living God. Come on up here. Come on up here. Maybe if you know exactly what you need to be doing then maybe you need to get with us after today and tell us what that is. What about you? Where are you with your destiny? Where are you with your plan? Maybe you've gotten sidetracked. Maybe you didn't know what to do. shared with Tom and Linda I said Tom and Linda I said this is what you were designed to do the healing rooms are what you were designed to do it's what you were made for it's what was on the inside of them see they couldn't couldn't just leave it alone it didn't matter about the lack of funds it didn't matter about the organization or how it was going to be put together it didn't matter I said this is it and then when they stepped into it, I mean, it was like Nehemiah rebuilding the wall. See, when Nehemiah went to rebuild the wall, there was opposition. The enemy doesn't, the enemy don't want you to find out what your vision is. Are you kidding me? Because then you're liable to go for it for everything that you got. And he don't want that. He'd rather you be a mediocre. What's it say in Revelation? Lukewarm. Hey, why don't you just stay lukewarm or cold? But you get on fire for the things of God. And you say, you know what? I can make a difference in my life. I can live my life in a way that's going to that's gonna be an open book for others to be able to read it. An epistle, a living epistle. That word epistle literally means letter. It's a living letter that other people can read. Anybody else? Anybody else? I'm gonna, I want to anoint you with oil. I, want, I need some help with ushers. Because I want to anoint you with oil today. And we're going to stir up this vision, this plan, this purpose with inside you. We've only gotten to two points on this 12 12 principles. We've only gotten to two of them. God, let let our vision be clearer. Let us understand that we can fulfill our purpose and plan. It's on the inside of you. Where's Pastor Shelley? Come and help me minister, baby. I'm going to have her just lay her hand right on you ladies.